ST 2016. This is interviews, music reviews, and more. This is this is the Hotter Show. What is up, everybody? We are rolling out of you here today on episode 323 of The Harder Show. I hope you guys are doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so very much for tuning in and clicking that play button on today's episode of the podcast. I got a fun episode for you here today. I try to do every single week right here on The Harder Show. I'm doing a little bit of a deep dive on a little segment I like to call The Albums That Made Me. And today, I'm talking about Godsmack's album, Awake. And really why I love it so much, why the record means so much to me, why I feel it's one of the most important records to my history as a music fan and a musician, and just why I love it so much. And I'm going to give also a little tiny, tiny bit of history behind the band and the album, go through track by track. So we're going to have a lot of fun with that, and I hope that you guys are ready to buckle in and learn a little bit about my music history and my, I, I guess, music listening history if that makes any sense. But before we jump into that, I want to thank everybody for their support on really the last couple of weeks of the show, because last week, unfortunately, scheduling issues had to miss an episode of the show. But before that, we had a fantastic episode with my boy, Boy Stick, and had a lot of people that really enjoyed that. So thank you so very much to those people who checked it out. And of course, big shout out again to Boy Stick of the Honest Lazy Show for all of his support. Thank you very much, brother. You know I appreciate it. Just like I appreciate you tuning in and listening to this episode of the show, I'm ready to dive in headfirst talking all about Godsmack Record Awake and why it is one of the albums that made me. Let's get into it. All right. So we're here on The Haunted Show, the albums that made me. Really fun segment that I've I've only actually done one other one before that was talking about Cold's album uh, Year of the Spider and I figured that you know what I want I want to do another one of these because I had so much fun doing it I love talking music I love talking about some of my favorite bands some of my favorite records and one of those records one of the albums that made me is Godsmack's sophomore album their second studio album Awake. Now, for those of you who are not super familiar with Godsmack, I'm sure most of you who are listening at least know a little bit about who Godsmack are, but Godsmack was formed in February 1995 when Sully Erner decided to start a new band as the lead singer. Now, Sully had been playing drums in rock, hard rock, and metal bands for basically like 25 years, and one band that he was in was actually fully signed, and they uh, they were around for a couple of years, a band called Strip Mind, and he decided that, you know what? I'm sick of dealing with these egotistical front men that are, you know, kind of uh, a little too much to deal with. I'm going to be the front man. I'm going to write songs and all that stuff. And so he ended up forming the band. And I can remember a, a quote from his book, which is a fantastic book, by the way. You should go check it out. The Paths We Choose by Sully Erna. And he discusses making this decision. And he started calling people to be in this new band that he wanted to form called The Scam and uh, a lot of people said, oh, well, who's the singer? And he said, well, I'm doing it. And he said most people just laughed him off the phone and hung up because they only knew him as a drummer, a great drummer. But that doesn't mean if you're a great drummer, that doesn't mean you can sing and write songs. But he had an idea. He had a this drive and he had these song ideas and he wanted to go for it. So he ended up hooking up with Robbie Merrill who was uh, the, he's still the bass player for Godsmack. He's been with him since day one. And then also Lee Richards and then another gentleman on drums whose name I cannot recall from the top of my head right now. But they formed up the band, obviously Sully being a drummer for so long that led to some, you know, uh, oddness there. But Tommy Stewart ended up joining the band on drums. And then Lee was replaced with uh, Mr. Tony Rambala, who is also still in Godsmack to this very day. And they gained a lot of popularity in their hometown of Boston and kind of the New England area. Their songs, Keep Away and Whatever, which are two of their biggest songs, soon brought them to the top of the charts. And they were really well known in that area. Um, They dropped their first kind of demo, which was called All Wound Up, which was sold very well considering it was just a demo. They, of course, dropped their first record, which was the self-titled record, Godsmack. And what's interesting about that is... My history with Godsmack starts, obviously, in the same way a lot of people's history and introduction to Godsmack started. When I heard their song, I Stand Alone, you know, everyone knows that song, I Stand Alone, you know, come on, everyone knows that song. I first heard that song, obviously, 
immediately loved it. Actually, funny thing is, I'm pretty sure the first time I really started getting into Godsmack was I was playing Prince of Persia's Warrior Within, and that song was featured on it in some way. I can't remember if it was a commercial or what it was, but I remember I sent alone from that. It wasn't actually from the Scorpion King, but most people knew them from Scorpion King. So I heard that song and then went and seeked them out more. And I thought that was really where my history with Godsmack started, but I didn't find out till a couple of years after I got into the band when I got the album Awake, which obviously I'm going to talk about in a little bit, and their record Faceless, which was the record that had I Stand Alone on it as well. I ended up realizing that I actually saw their debut record, Godsmack, the self-titled record. It's a very distinctive looking record. You look at this record, it has the Godsmack logo with the sun, the orange and everything. And there is a woman on the front and she has uh, like lip piercings and a nose piercing. She's very, very distinctive looking. And I remember seeing um, this record when I was pretty young. Like this, that record came out in uh, 98, August 20, August somewhere in uh, August 25th, 1998 was when that record came out. And obviously that record was huge. And that's a really important record to me as well. But I'm going to talk about why Awake is <laughs> the record for me for Godsmack. But, uh, you know, I remember seeing that record actually at my cousin's and aunt's place. I can remember for some reason I have this vivid, vivid picture in my mind. I'm picturing it right now of looking at my cousin who is older than me looking at her CD collection and seeing that album cover. I don't know why it stuck in my head so much. I don't usually have a photographic memory with stuff like that, but for some reason, man, that record and that image is stuck in my head and it's a very distinctive looking one. So that was really actually where my, my history with them started. And obviously, you know, when I was older, I Stand Alone, which was like 2003, 2004, 2005, somewhere in that ballpark. I wasn't quite in high school yet. I think it was like 2004. I heard I Stand Alone, got heavily into the band. I I was getting into a lot of different music at that point, more heavier stuff. And they were really a huge gateway band for me. I owe a lot of my taste in heavier music to Godsmack and bands like Godsmack, who, you know, have that the heavy grooves, the heavy distorted guitar, the heavy vocals, but still have melody and still have songs that are groovy. And there's, you know, uh, they can have songs that are very melodic and acoustic. And, you know, so they're, to me, they're really the perfect band for someone who is into rock music, but doesn't necessarily like screaming per se, because Sully's voice is very, I mean, it's, it's pretty much grit personified. There's not a lot of hard rock singers that do what Sully does. Um, and can still sing as clean as he does, <laughs> as good as he does. And, you know, to me, that was really what drew me to them was more Sully, was his voice. Because I was just, I had never heard a voice like Sully's before. And I really very much became obsessed with Sully Erna <laughs> in a lot of ways. I guess you could say I'm still hugely, hugely inspired by him um, as a music fan and, you know... I really appreciated what he was doing vocally. And I still do, even to this day, everything he does, man, you know, I, uh, huge, huge Sully Erna fan. But <clears throat> so I got into, I stand alone, went out and bought faceless, which is a fantastic record. I love that record front to back killer record. So as I was obsessing over Godsmack, when I obsess over band, I like to get all their records that are available at the time. And so I went to the record store and I saw a record that was, I, I didn't know if it was a new record. I didn't know anything much about it. And as I, when I bought it, looking back, I saw obviously, okay, this is record became, came before Faceless because Faceless was released in 2003. Awake, which was again, their second studio album was actually released in 2000. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get this record. I don't know much about it, you know, but I, I was huge into them at the time, so it didn't really matter. I recognized the song title Awake because I would look up their stuff online and I would like see Awake, Awake. Okay, yeah, I understand this is what, what it is. So I went home, put the record 
in my CD player. And I was expecting, because going from their first self-titled record to Faceless, there's a big jump in sounds. Like when people go back and listen to Godsmack's first record, it's very grungy, kind of almost punky at some points. Like it's not the alternative metal, hard rock, new metal sound that people were used to hearing with songs like I Stand Alone and Awake and uh, Straight Out of the Line and real, even Realign, stuff like that. People weren't used to hearing that. So for me, I was only familiar with that kind of stuff from Godsmack. And I knew they were, uh, they had heavy grooves and they had songs that had like the tribal beats and stuff like that. So I was super into that. But man, let me tell you, <laughs> when I first put in that CD, this 11 track CD that I had no idea what I was getting myself into. At this point, I was a, you know, I was a young man who was starting to, uh, you know, go through changes in my body and was having feelings that I couldn't really explain and, you know, just normal coming of age stuff when you're a young man and you're filled with, your body's being filled with testosterone and you're just like, grr, I, I want to fight people, <laughs> which is kind of silly, but a lot of generations have that banned for them. And for my, some, a lot of people from my generation and more generation before me too, Godsmack was that banned for a lot of people. And I know they were for me, definitely were for me. And, you know, when you look at just jumping into the actual record itself here, um, well, actually, you know, before that, I want to I want to talk a little bit about something I found that I found really interesting about the actual recording of this record. Then I'll jump into the song by song and tell my stories in that. So when they were recording this record, they actually decided to basically convert a warehouse into a makeshift studio because Sully didn't want to move the band in this luxurious studio. And, you know, they wanted to keep that edge because they recorded their first record in, that, in like a garage, you know, like they didn't, they went in this super luxurious studio. They were, you know, just some hardworking guys from Boston that were still, you know, Robbie and Tony were both, you know, contractors. Um, and Sully was, you know, slinging boxes at the dock or whatever the hell he was doing. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Sully was doing at the time, but, uh, you know, these were regular hardworking dudes who were just musicians who wanted to make an impact. So they decided to go that route, especially for the writing, because they wanted to make this heavy record. And Sully said, and I quote, you know, didn't want to get too far away from what we're all about. So they just stayed in the slums, you know, rather than moving into luxury. And the Sully himself said, you know, it shows the result because they have this tough sound and it has a raw edge to it. It's not very polished, but still has a lot of good grooves and has a lot of power to it. And the bands definitely very much stayed in, with their roots with kind of that more um, grungy punk sound, specifically with one song on the record that I think is a really nice callback Um two songs really that I think are really nice callbacks. And then the rest of them, <clears throat> excuse me, I really feel are a really fun departure uh, for the band. But I thought that was really, really interesting. And it actually debuted at number five on the Billboard 200 and sold uh, about a quarter of a million copies in its first week. So that's not too bad. And it ended up selling uh, over 2 million copies in the U.S., since its release, the album's title track dominated rock radio and broke chart records throughout 2000-2001. And they actually, their first Grammy nomination actually came from this record as well, which I didn't actually know that. So the band's spoken word track, Vampires, which we will talk about in a little bit, of course, actually earned them a Grammy nomination. And then they Awake won the Boston Music Award for Album of the Year, and Greed, which is the third track on the record, earned the band a Boston Music Awards nomination for the single and the video. So that's all cool. You know, I didn't know that about, uh, I didn't know that that was the song they got a Grammy nomination for, Vampires. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. But let's jump into the actual nitty gritty stuff here 
for the record. Obviously, personnel, Sully Erna, vocals, rhythm guitar and drums, Tony Rombal, lead guitar, vocals, Robbie Merrill, bass, and Tommy Stewart, drums. And then there was also additional some additional performers on this record. Uh, Katrina Chester, who did vocals on The Journey and Spiral. So, <clears throat> and I, I should mention this too real quick. If you are a big Godsmack fan and you're curious as to where uh, Mr. Shannon Larkin is, or as uh, Sully calls him, Shannon Larkin. <laughs> See what I did there? Shannon Larkin. So Shannon didn't actually join the band until 2003. So he was not here uh, for this record, but he would have made it even even better. Uh, not that Tommy Tommy Stewart's a brilliant musician. I loved uh, loved his work on this record. But let's let's jump into the to the track by track here, and I can tell you guys a little bit about each track and what I love so much about it. And man, let me let me go back to the story I was telling earlier. <clears throat> so for me, I think that when I first turned on this record, I was, I think I was like, like I said earlier, I think I was like 12, 13, somewhere in that ballpark, 13. I was like grade eight for sure. Grade eight, moving to grade nine, maybe. Um, I put in this record, turned it on, and I heard the first track of this record, Sick of Life. And let me tell you something. As a young man who would only really listen to bands like Nickelback, a little bit of Saliva, well, actually quite a bit of Saliva at that point, um, I was not really prepared for that because if there's one thing Godsnack always brings to the table, it is killer intros for albums. And Sick of Life coming in with that bass line, that, that powerful Robbie Merrill baseline. Like, oh my God. Sully comes in with that scream. I mean, forget about it. Forget about it. Okay. <laughs> I, uh, man, love it. Absolutely love it. I think that for me, that's one of my, that's one of my biggest pump up songs to this day. I will put on, I, it wasn't actually that long ago, which would inspire me to want to do this. <clears throat> Just the other day, Sam said, hey, um, we were getting ready to do some cleaning and we like to put on music when we clean. And she was like, oh, why don't you pick the uh, what we listen to? And I like listening to records when I clean. And so I'm like, oh, put on Awake by Godsmack. And man, like the second that bass hits, just I got like shivers down my body. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. <sighs> like. It's on. Do not be around me when that intro kicks in, okay? Because I will fight you. <laughs> Out of love. <laughs> uh, man. And then just getting into the chorus. It's such a powerful, powerful song. And killer riff. I mean, what's not to like? Killer solo? Like, I mean, come on. And it's actually interesting because Sick of Life is a song that was used in the Accelerate Your Life uh commercials which are basically you know the uh, military commercials and u.s navy stuff like that um this song was used for it was used for a long time mostly the intro you know and then the song kind of jumps in as you're like you know driving out of helicopters you know um yeah it, it, it's interesting you know and one thing that was funny was that uh they ended up using, they used the next track we're going to talk about too for commercial for about three years. And then they came with them and re-upped the contract for three years with Sick of Life. So, you know, it's a very motivating thing. And, you know, they've talked before too about the fact that, you know, they don't support war, but they support the people, you know, who are the troops and stuff like that. So, you know, it's a, um, it's a popular song for military people too. They're one of those bands that always have, are super popular with the military and, uh, you know, support the military and everything. So that's awesome that they do that. And Sick of Life is a badass song that will get the blood pumping. Uh, the next track that we have here to talk about is the title track of the record and was the lead single 
of the record, which was the song Awake. Now, this song is one of the biggest reasons I'm such a huge Godsmack fan. I heard this song and immediately was just like, what? <laughs> and it's for a lot of reasons. Like, yes, it's a good, heavy song, you know, but the second you break into that chord progression, you know, cause it's not a riff. It's like a chord progression, you know, it, it, it's a good rock song, but it's heavy. And you get into that course, you know, I love it. I love, I love playing this song. This is a song that anytime I pick up a guitar, I tend to play this main, you know, this main part. Um, and it's killer. It's killer. I absolutely love, um, love Awake. And the video for it, I mean, it was such a cool video again, as a young man seeing, you know, the bands playing in a, at a prison and they're like in like a fenced in exercise area. And there's like prisoners climbing all over the, the fencing and it's like electric fencing and stuff. And there's like a prison ride and it's just, oh, like it's, it's so good. I'm smiling right now because like, I just, I love this song so damn much. And, you know, it was also featured a lot in, um, you know, uh, WE's featured this song a bunch. It's been, it was used in the, uh, you know, in, in the Navy commercials before sick of life was, um, there's tons of people that know this song from a bunch of different stuff. Um, and it's, it's just, uh, it's a killer, killer fucking song. And it's one that's so cool because it's such a great heavy song, but then also, uh, Fast forward a few years, and Godsmack did an, an EP called The Other Side, which was an all-acoustic EP, and it featured some new songs. And again, I remember getting that record, and the final song on the album was called Asleep. And I was like, oh, that's weird. What's Asleep? I turn it on, and it is a an acoustic version of Awake, but it's like a picked acoustic version, and it brings on a whole new vibe to me for this record or this, excuse me, this, uh, this song lyrically, because it's really a song that is about getting closure and moving on, you know, just saying that, you know, I'm awake to what you're doing and you know, what you've done and I'm able to deal with it. And it was a really, it's a really powerful song when you get down to it. It's a really empowering song. And, you know, I think that's another reason why I was such a fan of it is just as I got older, I can relate to that song a lot more. Um, just being a song that's essentially really an empowering song when you get down to it. And I think another reason that's why I love uh, I love Awake the song so much. So the next song that we have here on Awake is the song Greed, which is another song a lot of people know. A lot of people know Greed, mainly because it just it has such a hooky chorus and it has such a heavy riff, like ugh. Come on. It was the third single from Awake. And it was a pretty big single. Um, a lot of people know Greed. And a lot of people know it because of the music video. Because it was a very, um, you know, a really powerful video. And it's this concept a lot of people know. And it's actually funny, The if you, if you look closely the girl who did the self-titled debut record, the girl on the front cover actually makes a cameo in the, in the video. But, um, another thing too, for me was, you know, I, I love the concept of the song. Everyone knows someone like this, you know, everyone knows, um, someone who is greedy and someone who uses other people and things like that. Like, I mean, come on, that's, so everyone can relate to that in some way or another. Even me as a young man, I could relate to that, you know. And again, as I get older, that's a song I can relate a lot more to. And it's a song that I think another reason with this record, because I, I grew up with this record and I always come back to this record because I find I can relate to things more, you know, as I get older. But one thing that was so cool about that video, you know, is there's the 
rich landlord and you know the guys are like living in the apartment it sucks and you know uh, the video cuts away to different aspects of it and you know um the the you know the landlord's like living in like a slum and in his underwear and it's like yeah it's 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 awesome it's uh and, and it's kind of a huge fun video but the song itself has a very heavy meaning and i think that's why i uh again another reason why i love it so much and that riff come on come on what's not to like about it now uh the next song that we have here is bad magic which is to me a really a throwback song to their first uh their first record um it very much could have fit on that first record but it still has the vibe of the new record it's a heavy song it's but it has the vocally it, it, it fits more with that first record i think where sully kind of he, he did more of a higher pitched tone uh w- with his voice and you know the drums the groove of even the guitar tone i think is definitely a good bridge between their self-titled record and awake and it's one of those songs that you know <laughs> I don't know if the, the band's just not a big fan of the song anymore or what. Um, it's It was actually one of the only singles not featured uh, on their compilation album. They did a few, uh, why, actually a long time ago now, over 10 years ago. Holy shit. Um, good times, bad times, 10 years ago. Smack, which I love that, uh, that record as well. Um, but it's interesting that, you know, I, I think it's just the the whole idea behind the song bad magic you know it's about just people who are you know giving you bad vibes and they're bringing darkness and bad things into your life you know so it's a pretty again pretty but i think people hear bad magic Godsmack, you know oh witchcraft and all that stuff they've tried to move away from that over the years um and i think that's all might be one that kind of uh, brings that back a bit but i love it it's a great great song killer song uh the next track that we have here is probably my my least favorite track on the record but i still love it which is going down featuring yet another powerful robbie merrill baseline now this song was actually on was actually on their uh their first demo all wound up which i mentioned uh, a little while ago so it very very much fits in as a nice bridge between the first record and this record and it's interesting the placement if you look at it they got three really modern heavy songs they got two kind of throwback songs and then the rest of the songs are very much you know new school uh godsmack it's a great break in the record and going down is kind of a more up-tempo song somewhat not the lyrical content of course but uh, very up-tempo e uh song and interesting enough it's actually one of the songs that musically was written by uh the three you know, really original members of godsmack which was uh sully tony and robbie so it's interesting to uh to look at that that's one of the only songs that all three of them actually fully wrote and worked on together because sully does a lot of the writing or sully and tono or sully and Robbie, you know, either or, but uh, interesting to look at that. But great tune, great tune. I always love the guitar work on that song as well. Going down, definitely a great, great tune. The next track on this record that I want to make sure I talk about is one of my favorites on the record, which is Mistakes. Now, coming in right away, we have that very distorted talk box guitar intro which i didn't know what that guitar effect was and what i was hearing until i saw them live actually because they use that song as an interlude for uh, a couple different songs when i saw them live they use it as an interlude for um oh my goodness i don't remember oh no i don't remember what song it was oh my goodness i totally forget i don't remember shit wasn't awake was it 
don't think it was awake. Maybe it was awake. Let's say it was awake. Um, they use it for, they use it as an interlude just because they don't, it's not a super popular song, but I love it. It's one, it's one of my favorite, actually, I'm going to just go ahead and say it's my favorite uh, riff on the record. Just that, like, come on, it's killer, killer riff. Everyone can relate to this song. Everyone can relate to just being stuck in a in a rut of just doing the wrong thing over and over again and wanting to break free from that. And, you know, it, it, it's a very powerful song in that regard. And again, another song that as I get older, man, like I, I really could relate to that song and I really can relate to that feeling of just, you know, when you've made a mistake and you, you want the person who maybe you've hurt with a mistake to know that like, you know, I've really hurt you with that and everything. And, you know, it, it's just something you can really relate to. And it's actually also the longest track on the, uh, on the record. So that's kind of an interesting, uh, little tidbit there, but definitely guitar wise, one of my favorites on the record, definitely my favorite riff on the record. Absolutely love mistakes. It was another one that anytime I picked up a guitar, I would have to play that riff, that killer absolutely killer love mistakes the next track that i want to talk about is trippin now trippin is an interesting song because it's very groovy and when you when when i get people into gosmack if they've never really heard gosmack before there's a lot of songs i want to show them but if they're very much into kind of interesting music I like to show them Trippin' because it's a heavy song, but it has that, again, that fucking powerful Robbie Merrill bass line throughout. He just rocks that E, man. He really is a team player on that song, and if he had any kind of fanciness happening on that song, it would not have worked. And everything is just the way you want it. It has that heaviness in the chorus, but it's still super melodic. It's just a big, big soaring song. And they did a live acoustic performance that came. It was a live at the Chicago House of Blues performance. They did all acoustically in 2006, seven, somewhere in that ballpark. And they released it with their 10 Years of Godsmack uh, album, which is one reason why I love that album uh, so much is because of that DVD. But they actually did an acoustic version of Trippin'. And that's really what made me such a huge fan of that song, if I'm being honest. Because I I never was a huge fan of it on the record. But I heard that version of it. And I went back and and listened to it a bunch. And I was just like, this is a great, powerful song, man. And trippy, vibey, you know. Another song that's very much a standout for the record and the way it fades in from mistakes is just it's fantastic man you can't beat it definitely one of the most powerful songs uh on the record the next song that i want to talk about is another one that really as i have gotten older and became an adult and got into a relationship and everything i really could um relate with a lot more than when i was younger which is forgive me which is Again, powerful song, heavy driving guitar, heavy melodic chorus, but it's lyrically, it's literally almost like a letter just saying, you know, I mean, he says it in the lyrics, it's like, all I'm, all I feel is hate, will you forgive me? I don't know how to breathe with you too far away. Just, you know, talking about how living life the way that he has and the anger that he has from just growing up the way he did and decisions she's made in his life and like he's trying to better himself and you know not that i had a rough upbringing or anything that's not say what i'm talking about why i i relate to it so much but just you know being in a situation where you've maybe done something or said something that has hurt someone regardless if you're in a relationship or not like you know just you have a moment where you're filled with anger or whatever and you say something and it's just like oh my god like it just it's a song that I very much relate to more as I get older. And that's really the story for this whole record. 
which is what is so cool. And I think it's why I always come back to awake so much because of that reason, because I've grown up with these songs and, you know, I love that course and I love how that song drives as it progresses that post course part where it's just like, it's such a powerful, powerful song, both lyrically and musically for me, especially I, uh, really relate to it a lot. And I think when I, um, actually, when, when, you know, when I, I had a situation happen to me, this was a long time ago, where I kind of accidentally hurt a friend um, quite badly with something that happened, which was a misunderstanding and it was ended up being all good. But I remember listening to this record and specifically like this song and just like, again, not completely relating to the song because of the content, but just that feeling that was being described of just with mistakes, with forgive me, you know, just like, man, like I I really did something that really hurt someone that I I love dearly and like, fuck, like, you know, it it wasn't until I really started going through stuff (laughs) as an adult that I really started relating to this stuff lyrically more and not just I like the music and the way his voice sounds, you know, which is, is, is cool when you can start getting to that point when you're entering into adulthood. And the next song is a really, really cool song, which is a song called Vampires, which is actually a fully instrumental song. And it's funny because this song, it's a great song. It's a killer, fun little song. I remember jamming this song with my buddies when we were in our quote-unquote band. And we loved playing this song, you know, because it's such a, it's a really relatively easy song, but it's really cool, man. It's really cool. And it has the spoken word stuff uh, from a television show named Mysterious Forces Beyond. And it really fits into Godsmack's whole vibe and everything. Um really fun powerful song and it's it's funny because i didn't know this was a song that was uh, nominated for a grammy and you know sully said looking back on it uh, i don't even know why we were nominated because we were in a category with Dos, joe satriani and other guys for the best instrumental performance and the instrumental that we had on our record was an accident so that was pretty bizarre to be nominated for that which is true like it's not a very fancy song it's a great song it's got some killer riffs. That bridge bird. Like, come on, killer. Another song that really gets me pumped up. But it's very much not a, it's not Joe Satriani or any cool instrumental guitar stuff. Like, it's cool, but it's different level. So it's kind of funny to look at that. Um, just like, wow, really? They were nominated for, for that too? It was interesting. So we come to the final two tracks on the record and I have to include these as one song because they really should always be listened to as one song. And that is The Journey, which is your short little instrumental and Spiral. Now what's really cool about The Journey is obviously it's very vibey, very tribal. Sully's playing the uh, the hand drums and Tony's playing this really cool part that I always thought that was a harp and then I actually learned it was just the tops of the, the, the guitar strings with a different effects on them um, tuned differently so that was really cool I always thought that was awesome I don't remember how I learned that oh I know why I was standing in <laughs> uh, quick story time I was jamming with my boys uh, Brandon and Gert and I was always trying different stuff because I wasn't very good at guitar at the time. I could write riffs once in a while and stuff, but I was like, oh man, like, you know, I always thought that was such a cool sound. And one day I was sitting with my guitar in drop C and for some reason I plucked those strings like at the top there, something happened and I plucked it and I went, wait, what? And I went like, do, 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 do. And I was like, what? So I, I remember being so amped up and I was like we got to do something with this and everything I wrote sounded like that riff for the journey so I had to uh, 
uh, I, I had to just move on. But a really beautiful performance um, from, again, shout out to Katrina Chester for her uh, vocals on The Journey as well as Spiral. And man, you want to talk about the best way to end a record. Spiral is such a perfect end to this record because it is heavy, it is melodic, it is vibey, it is groovy, it has a great solo, great bass work, great drum work, killer, killer vocals. I couldn't think of a better way to end this record off and Spiral is such an interesting concept because it's a song about reincarnation and kind of the, the, the both the good and the bad of reincarnation. And again, that fucking riff. Come on. And just the little lead parts that Tony plays in there. Like just, it's such a powerful song and it's vibey. And I can remember being a young man who really wanted to be a front man and be a singer and seeing a live performance of this song. I don't remember. I think it was in 2001 when they did this live performance and it was a video I saw and they're on this big stage and the lights are off and it's like very dark and vibe and you can hear the drums coming in and the guitar kicks in and like it's very dark but into the course you know Sully's breaking into that course and the light hits him a little bit and he's just like drenched in sweat from the performance and he's just giving it in this course and for whatever reason that moment sticks in my mind so much I don't know why, but that performance of just like it was the last song of their concert. They were all, you could tell they were all obviously physically tired. They gave everything in that show and just the, the performance of that song and that video is uh, so damn powerful and it's such a powerful song. Uh, and, and it's the perfect way to end the record. I, I, I After this record, I want nothing. I don't wish that there was another song. I don't wish that there was um, more songs. It's like, it's the perfect journey from start to finish. Beginning with such a heavy, heavy track like Sick of Life and ending off with such a heavy but vibey track like Spiral. It very much, I think, encapsulates what Godsmack is. More the early days of Godsmack. Obviously, they kind of grew as a band as time went on. And it's a really cool foreshadow into what was to come with Godsmack uh, with the Faceless record, which is very much, again, a departure for the band, but still very much has the vibe of what they really started here on Awake. And again, you know, I've mentioned this a couple times during this uh, kind of just chat about why I love this record so much, but I think the main reason for me why this album really was an album that made me and why it's so important to me and why I always tend to come back to it no matter what is because this was an album that I grew up with and this is an album that anytime I am having a hard day or anytime I, 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 I go through something in life, I seem to always find my way back to this record. This record's one I always seem to find my way back to. And there's a few bands that really do that for me and a few musicians, but Godsmack is a band that means so much to me because they've always been a constant for me. To me, they've never released a bad record. They've never had a miss. They're a band that gets a lot of shit because they were in that 2000s era, which is my favorite era of music with a lot of people shit on it for a lot of reasons. I don't really know why because there's a lot of power. There's a lot of melody. There's a lot of beautiful performances and Godsmack are a band that just had such an influence on me and Sully's a musician who had such an influence on me both as a player and I mean you know Sully Erner is one of my favorite guitar players which is kind of hilarious <laughs> because you know he's not known as a killer guitar player and I mean he is a he's an amazing musician he's a better drummer than he's a guitar player obviously I'm sure he'd even tell you that but you know he also plays piano and like he does a lot of production um, <clears throat> so it's, it's kind of funny to, to look at this record as a whole because of really just how powerful it is. And the fact that I always come back to it now, especially as a, as a legit adult, I am 30. 
I have been through some shit. I still go through shit. You know, people go through stuff in life and navigating the waters of being an adult and trying to, you know, be mature and do the right thing every day. And sometimes having a day where you just want to punch everyone in the face, you know, having a record that you can put on that means so much to you and you can relate to so much and can give you that feeling of, oh, a cathartic release Awake very much is that for me, and Godsmack very much is that band for me, man. And uh, th- that's something that, as I get older, Godsmack's always going to be one of those bands for me. And I mean, I love all their records. I mean, listen, here's the thing with with this whole the albums that made me thing is some of these might be super super long, some of them might be super short. I might have the same band on it a bunch of times. Once I get through my initial albums, I want to talk about, I can pretty much guarantee you if I decide to keep doing these for a long time, you're going to hear me talk about Godsmack again, (laughs) because there's another record of theirs that I really need to talk about one day on this, uh, this segment here on the hotter show of the albums that made me because of just how important it was, because it was the first record that came out from Godsmack while I was a fan and I remember how excited I was. I love that record so fucking much. And there's so much great stuff on there. And it's a really overlooked record. And we will maybe talk about that one day. Because I had a lot of fun talking about Godsmack's Awake here today. And why it is an album that made me. And I would love to hear your guys' opinion on Godsmack and the album Awake. If you are a Godsmack fan, what's your favorite Godsmack album? Let me know. If you have an album that uh, you're listening to this and you're going, man, I have a record I'd love to come on the show and talk about on this segment here on the auto show. Let me know. Let's get together and have a chat. Obviously, I'm going to do these. You know, the first one was really well received and people said they enjoyed listening to me talk about something I'm so passionate about and love so much. And, you know, like I said, these are always going to be different. You know, uh, that first one, I really spent a lot of time talking about the band's history and kind of behind the scenes stuff, or is this one I really want to just focus on the actual record and what it meant to me and what, uh, what the band means to me overall. Cause that's really what I'm here to do. I'm not here to talk about the nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff, uh, of the records, especially if I can't find a lot on it aside from stuff I've heard in interviews and just know. Um, but you guys let me know, what do you want to hear me talk about on these, uh, these the album that albums that made me segment here do you want to hear me get into more behind the scenes stuff and talk about the nitty-gritty do you want me to just focus on what i love about the record and what the record means to me and what the band means to me let me know i'd love to hear your thoughts on it and also this album godsmack in general any albums you love hit me up check it out i would love to have a chat with you guys you can of course check me out anytime on the facebook instagram twitter at the harder show you can also send me an email anytime at thehardershow at gmail.com. And if you are so inclined, you can become a hothead by going on patreon.com forward slash thehardershow. And for as little as $1 a month, you can become a hothead and help support this show. We did reach our goal of uh, $40 a month, which was amazing to be brutally honest like i've said before i was not really prepared to hit our goal that quickly uh so i am still working on some patreon content that is coming i promise you it's coming i have had some uh uh, uh, some some craziness happen the last couple of weeks with work with my schedule so i've had to kind of call an audible on that but it is coming i'm super excited i cannot wait to share it with you guys there's going to be a lot of content coming at you. If you watched my live stream I did a few weeks ago, you know what the content is. And uh, I actually also announced it on my Boy Stick episode in the outro. So if you want to hear about it, go check that out. I'm not going to get into it uh, again here, but let's just say it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, of course, need to take a second to give a humongous shout out to my Patreon supporters, my hotheads. We, of course, have the OG hothead, my boy. Mr. Scotty D. Scotty, thank you so very much for all of your support, brother. Not just on the show, but just in general. You know, Scott's been one of my dearest friends since like grade eight. <laughs> so huge shout out to you, Scotty. You know I love you, brother. Hope I get to see you soon. And uh, thank you for all the support. I really, really appreciate it. 
And I, of course, need to give a humongous shout out to the entirety of the Grey Rooms team, specifically the creator, Jason Wilson, for becoming a patron. The Grey Rooms are a fantastic audio drama podcast, a horror anthology audio drama podcast that you need to go check out. It is my favorite podcast. And I'm not just saying that because they're patrons. Okay. It was my favorite podcast before they joined my Patreon and before they did some really fun wonderful things for me and just had such an incredible show of respect in which they had my interviews with the creative Jason Wilson and the communications director and host of Behind the Door, which is kind of like an interview show for about their podcast, uh, Brooks Bigley. They actually had those two interviews, which I did on my show. They featured it on their feed for their podcast, which is the ultimate show of respect. So huge shouts to the Grey Rooms team. Thank you guys so much for the support and for being patrons. They are a massive reason as to why I hit my goal so quickly because they basically just said, hey, how much you have left to hit your goal? Let's give you that. <laughs> so humongous shouts to them. I am a patron of the Grey Rooms and I cannot recommend getting on that Patreon enough. Go ahead and check out the Discord, the Grey Rooms podcast. Just go check it out. It's amazing. You will enjoy it. And if you want little shout-outs like that on every episode of the show in the intro, check out the Patreon. $1 a month. That's that's less than a cup of coffee now. Even a medium. Can you believe how much a medium coffee costs nowadays, folks? What the hell is going on with that? We'll talk about that another time. I got a medium coffee today. I was pissed. <laughs> We're going to talk about that another time here. But dollar a month something to think about. Check it out. You'll get a lot of fun content, behind the scenes stuff. We ha- I have so many plans for the Patreon and so many fun things coming down the pipeline in March. So keep an eye out for that. And we have a really fun episode coming up next week. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to give you guys a little hype. I'm chatting with my new buddy, Bryson Emmons, who is the drummer and one of the vocalists for Stone Cold Crows, who are a, a badass hard rock man, kind of in the same similar vein to uh, a little bit of a newer Godsmack vibe. So it's kind of funny <clears throat> that I'm. Uh, this episode is going to be before that, the week before. But check that interview out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Huge shout out to Stone Cold Crows. They are a badass man. You should check them out and check out my interview with Bryson next week right here, where you're listening to this podcast. Come on back Thursday. It'll be on the normal time this week. We're going to get back to uh, a normal schedule as I am now kind of adjusting to this new, uh, slightly new schedule that I have going uh, forward potentially. But uh, we're going to be getting back into the groove of things. I have some exciting stuff, as I always try to right here on the hot show. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you have not yet. Leave a like or dislike if you enjoyed this podcast or did enjoy this podcast and let me know why. And uh, if you are so inclined, share it with your friends, leave a rating. Ratings help this show grow and climb the charts. I very much appreciate it. And with that, I'm going to sign up here tonight. Thank you so very much for tuning in, and I'll catch you next time on The Harder Show. Take it easy, guys.